leave at halftime to come back to the station and get ready and watch the second half here. So there was an accident on 95. I'm stuck on 95, and I get here, middle of the third quarter, and Raheem sees me. He's like, oh, no. And Andy Bloom, boss, sees me. He's like, oh, no. They, I was like, come on, guys. We're up 30. Not going to blow the game up 30. So I didn't have any support here, but that's fine. I've been doing it my own, on my own this whole time, and I'll continue to do it on my own. But tonight was a very, very good game for Sixers fans, for, for you and I, for a lot of reasons. First of all, Sixers were about to lose first place. They lost to the Celtics. At one point this season, it, it felt like the Sixers could cruise the rest of the way, and they would end up winning the Atlantic Division. But... Sixers started to stumble. Celtics won five in a row. Um, you know, Sixers came back to earth. Celtics started playing well. And if they had lost this game tonight, it would have been a tie for first place, which I didn't think was going to happen all year long. If you if you had asked me to bet if the Sixers would give up first place all year long, even on their worst day, I didn't think they were going to give up first place. So that didn't happen. Second of all, it's a it's a game against the Celtics at home. It's the first game against the Celtics of the year. Um, it's a big game when you're playing the Celtics. This is now kind of a rivalry. I guess the Sixers are on their way up and the Celtics are on their way down. But rivalries are best when both teams are good, and both teams are good right now. So a win against the Celtics is a good win. Second of all, it's a good win because the Sixers had been playing horribly. I mean, those two games against Golden State and Detroit are fine. But if we didn't see them beat a good team. I think we all would have we would have all started to question not only I think we've all started to question just how good they are, but I think we would have started to question just how good they will they they will be. And tonight to see them beat a good team, that's good. Uh to see the Sixers play well against a good team, that's good. So so I'll take that. Even though it was their second game in two nights and you know they were on the road, I'll take it. Um they got out and ran tonight. You know, the Sixers are a young athletic team we know even at their best their half court sets are not going to be their strength so it's it was a good night for doug collins man you come into this game and you say this the celtics are old and they're tired well and the the sixers are young and they're not tired and they're good when they get out of the break and they're not a good half court offensive team let's get out and run evan turner pushed the ball they ran they ran the celtics right out of the building it was good to see that um now, on to Evan Turner. I mean, it was good for everybody to see a good game from Evan Turner, except for the people that have said uh, Evan Turner's a bust, that want to see him fail just so they can, just so they're right, like my producer Raheem, who wants to see him fail just so he can be right. Um, it was good to see a good game from Evan Turner. Um, it had been months, you know, six weeks, since we saw a good game from Evan Turner. It had been never since we have seen a game like this from Evan Turner. It was Evan Turner's best game as a Sixer, and not only because he scored more points than he had ever scored as a Sixer, but because he had he looked like Evan Turner. He looked like a guy that, that could be taken second in the draft. He looked like he was playing easy. He looked like he was playing confident. And maybe that's easy when the other team is slow and old, but it still happened, so it still matters. And when they drafted him second, I can't imagine that the Sixers or any of us thought that we would have to wait a year and a half to see his best game or to see a game like this, to see a good game. But uh, better late than never, I would say. And especially with the controversy today, with I don't know if you heard the whole Stan Hockman thing. Um, just to get you caught up on the Evan Turner-Stan Hockman controversy this morning, on the uh, the morning show here with Angela Cataldi, Stan Hockman said 
something to the effect of, I don't have the exact words here, that there's something going on about something going on with Evan Turner that we don't know about. And at some point, he will allow the Sixers to tell everybody what's going on with him that we don't know about. And then we will all be less critical of him. And then he said he couldn't say it, but he thought it would come out eventually. Well, uh, it didn't seem like the team was real happy that Hockman said it. Uh, Doug Collins denied it. Evan Turner denied it. Evan Turner said his life is great. He's got nothing wrong. And if he complained, he's, he gets to play professional basketball for a living. If he complained, uh, he thought he would look silly. So they flat out denied it. And then... And that kind of made the rounds. And then uh, recently um, it came out, John Gonzalez from Comcast Sportsnet got a, an internal memo from the Daily News saying that Stan Hockman apologized for what he said. He didn't deny anything that he said, but he said that he apologized and he shouldn't have said it. So with a lot to prove, Evan Turner came out tonight with a lot to prove with doubters here in Philadelphia, doubters across the country, a year and a half of even when he's at his best, still not being a, a totally dominant player. It was good to see Evan Turner uh, come out and have a good game. So now is when I have to be a little bit of a buzzkill for you. And I'm sorry. And I feel like tonight we should just be excited. But then reality starts to set in. And it's funny because when things were going bad and I was defending how the Sixers were playing, everybody tells me, Spike, all you do is you defend the Sixers. You, you think everything's too great. You're too in love with our players. All you do is defend the Sixers. And no, what I do is I try to – and I don't know if this is good for sports radio, but I try to keep you in reality. And a lot of times reality's right in the middle there. It isn't either of those extremes. So when the Sixers were 13-3 and three and everybody was talking about this team could go to the finals and we could do everything like the 4 Pistons did, and I'm telling you it's different with team concept and to everybody together and defense and Doug Collins and Young and, and Philly, and I was like, well, maybe not. Then everything got bad and they lost 8-10 and they couldn't close you know, close games that it was all going to fall apart and they should just gut the team and they should trade everybody. And I was like, well... Not so fast. So I feel like right now I have to tell you, well, not so fast. I know Team Evan Turner is not going to want to hear this, and maybe Sixers fans don't want to hear it, but here you go. Um, Evan's 1-for-12 on Monday was not as bad as it seemed. You know, He got out and he played. It was the first time he had played 33 minutes in forever. Tonight was not as good as it seemed, and the Sixers are not 30 points better than the Celtics. Celtics were old. They were playing back-to-back nights. Last two games they played overtime. They played overtime last night. Uh, Sixers had a good plan. They came in and ran them out of the building. But tonight doesn't really address any of the problems or any of the issues that we've had with the Sixers in the last 10 games. The issues that we've had are that their half-court offense has stunk. And tonight... We didn't see too much of their half-court offense. And when the half-court defense that is chasing them around is an old, tired team, it's kind of hard to get a judge on exactly what they're doing. Um, You know, the other problem we had was seeing them close out close games, seeing them execute that half-court offense in close games. Because if you know something about the NBA, it's that nobody really likes playing defense except for the Bulls and the Sixers. So defense really amps up in the last five minutes of a close game. That's when they have all this trouble in the half court. The shots aren't falling, all that stuff. We didn't see any of that tonight. The win was great. Evan Turner was great, but it was just one win. And the other thing that we didn't really see is how we can have these three guys, Drew Holiday, Evan Turner, Andre Iguodala, 
all with somewhat similar skill sets, all kind of needing the ball to be effective, being able to share the ball in a half-court offense and score points that way. We didn't see any of that. This was fun. I'd love to see them run up and down as much as possible. Against a lot of teams, they're going to be able to run up and down a a lot because a lot of teams don't play defense in the regular season. But if we're looking long-term and we really want to know if Drew Holiday, Evan Turner, Andre Iguodala can play together, we're going to have to see them in different situations. Hopefully tonight opens up some new schemes for Doug. It lets everybody, you know, take the pressure off. I think after a while, it's like when you're trying to solve uh, any kind of problem, a puzzle or a math problem, and you stare at the same thing forever, and, you know, you just need a different perspective. Maybe tonight gives them a different perspective. Maybe they try to push the ball more. Even when it wasn't a turnover, Evan Turner was pushing the ball up the court, and I think that's really important. Um, So I think what I want to know from you is what do you think about tonight? Um, does this change your perception of who the Sixers were, a different perception than you had two days ago? Are there players that you want to keep now that you wanted to get rid of? Um, you know, John Smallwood wrote a thing today that he thought at the end of the year, the Sixers, he thought they should trade Evan Turner because at the end of the year, the Sixers are going to, are going to have to make a decision, Evan Turner or Andre Iguodala. He thought they were going to pick Andre Iguodala. Do you have to make that decision now? Do you have to make it? Are they two guys that maybe, even though they have similar skill sets, if you have the right team around them, can they play together? Has that changed your mind tonight? Do you think that we can keep both Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner? As well, trade deadline is a week away. You know, we hear a ton of rumors, not really anything specific about the Sixers, but a ton of rumors in general about the NBA trade deadline. We're going to talk about the NBA trade deadline later on. We're also going to talk about FU Philly. And I don't don't know if you know what FU Philly is. If you've been listening to this radio station today, chances are you know. The Washington Nationals and D.C. fans don't like us, I guess. And they don't like us because nobody goes to Nationals games. And for the last two or three years, Philly fans have filled up Nationals Park. And they did this thing this year called Take Back the Park where they didn't sell us the tickets. They wouldn't sell Philly's fans tickets. And now there's this new thing. Uh, that our sister station in Washington, D.C. started, 1067 The Fan, and it's called FU Philly. And they're giving away tickets to the Nationals-Phillies game uh, on May 5th or May 6th um, by people making videos talking about why they hate Philadelphia. So it's kind of a one-sided rivalry. It's kind of hilarious. I'm going to have Chad Dukes on around 11 o'clock tonight. Chad Dukes, if you remember, and I'll play it for you, had a legendary rant about two years ago about the Redskins. He's not from here, but I think you'll respect him. But he works on 106.7 The Fan with uh, LeVar Arrington, and he will be on around around 11 o'clock. Also, talk about Peyton Manning. Uh, we all knew it was coming, but it was it was interesting to see it today. The press conference was interesting to see that Pey- Peyton Manning is no longer a cult, which instantly la- launches into Philadelphia has now become we have to get every guy in every sport who's available that's a big name. Every guy. The Phillies have done this to us, and the Eagles did it last year. I think I'm the only guy in Philadelphia who, for some reason, doesn't want a 36-year-old quarterback who's had four procedures on his neck and hasn't thrown a ball in two years. I, don't, I think I'm the only guy. So we're going to talk about Peyton Manning and the possibility of him coming to the Eagles. And it's not even, it's not just us that are talking about it. Ray Dittinger wrote a thing today about Peyton Manning. He thinks they, you know, that the Eagles should go after Peyton Manning. Uh, Jeff McClain wrote a thing saying that he thinks that the Eagles should go after Peyton Manning. So it's not just us being silly. It's um, real actual Eagles writers being silly. So there's a lot of silliness going on. Talk to Pat Gallen of philliesnation.com. 
Talked to him around midnight about um, – talked to him a little bit about Chase Utley and the fact that he hasn't been in the lineup at all. A little bit about Dontrell Willis, and he did not look good at all uh, today. Talked to him about that. And we're also going to do some Phillies over-unders. Total wins, home runs for Ryan Howard, all that kind of stuff. That will happen around midnight. And, of course, you. Sixers, Peyton, all that stuff. Let's do Sixers first. I think we do Sixers first. Evan Turner, are you a believer? 888 729 9494 is the number. My name is Spike Eskin. 94 WIP Sports Time is 1014. We'll be heard in Crystal Clear FM on Sports Radio 94 WIP. My name is Spike Eskin. The curse is over. The curse of Spike Eskin on Wednesday nights is over. Sixers beat the Celtics by 30. It feels good. We're talking about, I'll tell you what, the the greatest thing. Thank you. Thank you very much. I take a lot of responsibility for this win. Evan Turner had 26, but I had 24. Check the box score. Um, Something I wrote, you know, a couple weeks ago and then again last week, the object of this season more than anything else, more than playoff victories, Atlantic divisions, anything else, is to see if Drew Holiday, Evan Turner, Andre Iguodala can play together on a successful team with, with them having such similar skill sets, especially Turner and Iguodala. And the thing that you know, Mark Farzetta just played from Doug Collins in the update saying that he is committed to playing them together for the rest of the year. Do it, I, and that it, there's going to be hard nights like Monday night, and there's going to be great nights like tonight. But at the end of the year, regardless of what they do at the trade deadline, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, at the end of the year, we are going to know what we have in these guys and whether they need to get rid of one of them, whether they need to trade one of them. But if we don't know that at the end of the year, then uh, then they go into that free agent trade process blind next in, in this off season. I think that's a uh, it's a bad move. Um, what do we got? Reese, you're on 94 WIP. What's going on, Spike? There you are. What's up, man? How are you? Yeah, man. Well, I'm all right. Well, you, you know, um, Lou's my favorite player. On, I mean, Drew Holiday's my favorite player on the Sixers, but I'm 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 a huge Evan Turner fan. I've been asking why hasn't he started all year over this Jody freaking Meeks guy. And finally, <laughs> and finally listen, honestly, I didn't watch the game the other night. I was busy, but tonight, oh. the turn to start, and I thought something was wrong with me. I thought he caught the flu or something. I was hoping he caught the flu, but when I realized he's starting two games in a row, I see Doug finally got the message. You know what's crazy is that Thad Young was the one that got the flu, and we didn't even notice that he wasn't there tonight. That's how that's how bad the Celtics were tonight. Thaddeus Young, you know, clearly one of the most important players on the team right now. We don't have him, and we didn't even notice. Um yeah, I mean, it was good to see him play together, and it was good to see Turner start. But don't you think maybe they tonight was a like what? Did, what do you think you found out tonight? Because I well, I don't know I'm how much of what I because Boston did come off back to back overtime games. But to me, like even though Turner played bad Monday, when he plays bad, when he doesn't score or shoots horrible, he still gets rebounds and defense. When Jody Meeks doesn't shoot well, he does nothing else. Yeah, it's a good. What, yep. That's the difference between the two. That's why Turner is way more valuable. His his positives outweigh his 
Uh, Nagy says far more than Jody Meeks. Yeah, well, I, he's clearly a way better player than Jody Meeks. And the thing about Meeks is that if we only see Meeks for 15 minutes a game, Jody Meeks is going to look way better because he's going to have those games where he's going to go off and hit six in a row yeah. and have 18 minutes and 18 points in 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah, and and then he'll look better. And then when he doesn't have it, they can get him out of there. I'm still worried, and I know that a lot of uh, the Evan Turner fans think that 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 spacing thing is completely made it up. Made up. I still don't think it's totally made up and I still want to see um, you know this team in in a half court offense with all those guys question yes sir do you think management told Doug to put him in um no I don't think anyone tells Doug to do anything I think if um you know, I think they ask questions, but I, one of the things that that I believe when Josh Harris and Adam Aaron say is that they let Rod Thorne and Doug Collins run the basketball team because and if, that's what I was meaning more. Rod Thorne, did you think he kind of met no, Doug, but no, I don't Doug to put him in. I don't think at Doug's age anybody tells Doug what to do. You know, I, okay. I, I look at now I think what might have happened was they probably they could have had conversations and and maybe, you know, at, maybe Rod Thorne says, Well, why don't you give it a try? And they think, Well, okay, we'll give it a try. But I think what they wanted to be sure of is that the other lineup didn't come around because one thing that you had with Evan on the bench and with, with Meek starting is you had these two really successful units. And they, I think they were worried about breaking up those units because now you might not have that because when you bring Lou and Meeks in, that that's you know the worst defensive backcourt in all of basketball. You know that's really bad. To so me, with with that with to me with um, Turner coming off the bench, he was the third option behind Thad and Lou. Yeah. Now with the starting unit, you know you know the uh, Lavoie's not going to really score. Brand has been inconsistent. And with Dollar, that's not much of a, you know, he'll get his 12 points. But we need Turner and Holiday to come out and be aggressive every night. Yeah, I think what they have to, thank you for the call, Reese. Always a good call from Reese. I think what they have to do is they have, I forgot to ask Reese whether he thinks Iguodala Turner, if we can keep him together, because Smallwood says no. I forgot to ask Reese. What do you think Reese thinks? Ah, um, yeah, I, I think the thing that they're going to have to do with with Turner and Drew is everybody is thinks everybody thinks in such black and white you know ways. They're always like, well, one has to play point and the other one's the shooting guard. Well, they're going to have to split it because I don't think either of them is a perfect match at either position. I don't think Drew's really a point, but I don't think he's really a two guard either. And I don't think Evan Turner is is really a two guard, but I don't think he's a, really a point guard. I mean, I don't see, you know, Evan I don't see, you know, Evan Turner and Derrick Rose going at it, you know, that he's he's long and he's he's a good defender, but um I think he'll have trouble there. If you think Drew Holiday has trouble with smaller, quicker guys, Evan Turner's going to have more trouble with smaller, quicker guys. I think um I th- I think if you have Drew and Evan and Andre Godala together, they're all playing different positions all the time, and they all ha- they all have to be okay with that, and they all have to have, um, you know, they all they all have to have times when they're on the ball, and they all have to have times when they're off the ball. We've seen that Drew can play off the ball. We've seen that Godala can play off the ball. We haven't seen that Evan Turner can play off the ball yet, and he still needs to work on that, Re- regardless of how he played tonight. He still needs to work on that. Dave, you're on ninety four WIP. Spike, how are you doing today? I'm great. You? It's good to uh, see you I'm, win, I'm, huh? I, I, I'm, I'm awesome. Um, I've been listening to you. I, I really respect your opinions, um, uh, and uh, I, I happen to agree with you on the fact that uh, Drew is not a quote-unquote 
uh, atypical point guard, and I don't think Evan is definitely not a true typical two guard because he doesn't shoot good enough to be a two guard. But I think I think that the two of them complete each other. Now, as far as Drew Holiday, see, I have a different spin on this. Uh, not Drew Holiday, uh, Andre Godala. I think this is what I would do if I was Rod Thorne. Um, next year is Elton Brand's last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, as soon as his contract ended, I would amnesty Andre Iguodala's money. I, 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 that guy is killing us for the money that he makes. Well, but you don't. But see, us. that's the thing is you don't need to amnesty if you want to trade him for expirings. You can trade him yeah, for expirings. But then you got to take back somebody's garbage. I, I would rather no. amnesty him, use that money. No. And, and and get a, a stud free agent. Well, you, you can do it, mean? but but if you wanted to, if you if you wanted to, all you'd have to do is oh, you're saying to do them both at once after next right. season. Because yeah, uh, Brand's money will be gone. Yeah, and then you get amnesty at the same time, the same day Brand's money's off the books. You amnesty Iguodala's money. Yeah, I g- got about thirty million dollars to play with, and you can go get a stud. This team needs. Uh, I, I like Hall. And I think you didn't mention that, but I think Halls is a big piece that's killing this team not having him. He and and, and Spike, if I would have told you last year that no, I hated Halls last year. Yeah, yeah, I hated yeah. him too. And let me tell you something: I've grown to like him. But he, he came in. He is he, he is everything Doug Collins said. He's ball friendly. The ball, you know, really moves when he's in there. Their offense is so much better when he's on the team. Now that being said, they don't have a closer. And a closer is going to cost a lot of money. A guy, uh, you're not going to, I'm, I'm saying a guy like Derrick Rose, not somebody obviously right. as good as Derrick Rose, because he's the MVP in the league. But they need a guy that can kill you at the end of the game. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, is that we always end up here. And I know it's, I know you're right, but it's such a, it's kind of a crazy conversation in that, okay, you say that and I say who? Well, but the whole thing is, there's there's a kid and I see the only thing is he's done after this year free agent um the kid from who's the kid from the Nets he's a star oh Darren Williams but he's not coming Darren here Williams yeah is a star. yeah but and he's not that's he's the not kind of player okay somebody similar to that yeah. that's gonna cost you a lot of money <laughs> right you yeah but it's yeah but Dave what I'm saying is 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 that it's not. It's not a matter of money. It's 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 not everybody has that's the thing about the NBA is that everybody has the same amount of money. Every everybody has, you know, the Lakers have more and the Knicks have more and you can choose to whether you want to go over the cap or not, but everybody has the same amount of money. So it's not that they don't have the cap room to sign Darren Williams because after this year that all they have to do is you wanted to wait two years and and let Brand's contract run out and amnesty Iguodala. All you have to do is amnesty Brand after this year and Nocioni's gone and Hawes is gone and Lou Williams is probably gonna. You have all this money. You have all this money after this year, but Darren Williams isn't gonna. He's not gonna come here. And I'll tell you, there, there's two reasons why Darren Williams is not gonna come here. First of all, because he wants to play with. He's one of those guys. Wants to play with another superstar, and we don't, there isn't one here. And I'll tell you, if no superstars are going to want to come here, if the first thing that you're going to do is get rid of Andre Iguodala, because what superstars want too is complementary great players, and that's what Andre Iguodala is. If Dwight Howard was decided to come here, there's absolutely no way that they could get rid of Iguodala at that time. I don't think that that's going to work. So um, it's not that they don't have 
um, money to get Darren Williams. He said, Darren Williams doesn't want to come here. And if he signs here as a free agent, that means he has to, he has to take $30 million less million than if he signs for his, with his own team. So it's not, I, d- I don't think it's a matter of money. It's a matter of the number of those. These guys don't exist. They're not there. By the way, Reese said that Igadala and Turner, he hit me on Twitter. Reese said that Igadala and Turner can play together. He said I forgot to ask him, which I did. So he said they can play together. Oliver, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, brother. What's up, man? What's going on? I'm good. How are you? Not bad, man. I'm bad. Hey, what do you think of the Peyton Manning today, man? It was very, very, you know, sad, man. You know, like from listening to it and all that stuff, man, the guy put a lot in a. You know, in the team and organization, and you know, me, I think, me personally, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't want him to be like another, you know, Brett Favre thing, linging on, trying to play with teams, and it's gonna be tough. You know, just think of a neck surgery, you know, and uh, I think, me personally, he should retire. You know, he got a championship. Oh, you really? I I mean. From, from a neck surgery, I mean, you never know, man. These guys, they, they want to, you know, you heard all that stuff going on out there with the bounty, you know, one hit, you know, I don't know, you know, how, how long you think he can hang for, you know? Well, I mean, quarterbacks can hang until they're almost 40, and he's 36, so, I mean, they're saying he's, so I'm taking it you don't want him here with the Eagles, right? <laughs> no, <I'm not> <laughs> <laughs> You don't want him here, that's what you're saying, right? <laughs> No, I'm not saying that, man. Me personally, I'm a Giants fan, but, you know, never. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, they infiltrated us. Listen to that laugh. He was so calm. He was so respectful of Peyton Manning. And then I asked him about uh, Peyton Manning at the Eagles, and he just started laughing. Peyton Manning, he can play as long as he wants. I I don't think... If doctors tell him that he can, I, I guess if doctors tell him that he's not risking life and limb by going out there and playing any more than anybody else is, I don't, I don't think he should necessarily retire. Um, but I just, I don't want him here. We'll get you want to, you want to talk about the next show? Talk about Peyton Manning. This has been the hot topic. Um, okay, we'll get into Peyton. If you still, I want to know if you think if if you are in on Turner and Igadala playing together. After this, after tonight, if that changes, I still think they can do it. I think they need to make changes to around them. I, I don't know that it works without Brand. Um, I think you know your four and your five have to change. Your your power forward and your center have to change to to keep Evan Turner and Andre Iguodala together. But um, I want to know if you think that eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. We'll talk about that. Um, talk about the the Peyton Manning situation and Chad Dukes from one zero six seven the fan in D.C. will come on to talk about FU Philly. At 11. Scum. My name is Spike Eskin, 94 WIP Sports Times, 1035. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Coming up at 11 o'clock, Chad Dukes from 1067 The Fan talking about FU Philly and why pathetic Nationals fans are pretending to hate us just to get attention. We'll talk about that. My name is Mike Eskin. I really thought I'd hear more from uh, Team Evan Turner tonight. I thought Team Evan Turner was going to give it to me for uh, for doubting the power of the starting Evan Turner. That he needs the confidence of the ball in his hands. And see, I told you so after tonight. 
Don't you have any see I told you so's? I mean, there weren't any see I told you so's on Monday night. In fairness, I guess when he was uh, when he was one of twelve. But I expected some. Look, I told you Evan was going to be fine. I still don't care if he starts or not. I'm glad that he started and he did well. It still doesn't matter to me if he starts or not. All that matters to me is that he's playing right around 30 minutes, 28 minutes, 32 minutes, um, and seeing who he, you know, seeing that he can play with Drew and Andre Iguodala. I don't care if he starts or not. I still don't care if he starts Jody Meeks. He's not going to start Jody Meeks the rest of the year, I guess. Uh, Mr. Howard Eskin reported today, but I, I thought I'd hear more from Team Evan. I thought I would. Mike, you're on 94 WIP. Mike. Is Mike not there? Is he there? Is Mike not there? He isn't? No. All right. Mike was a bad person anyway. I'm, tell- I'm telling you, Mike was a bad dude anyway. Um, so if uh, if you were on Team Evan and uh, and you want to give it to me, feel free. 888-729-9494. Um, as promised, the, uh, the Peyton Manning thing, which, man, if there was a topic built for sports radio, it is the free agency of Peyton Manning. This kind of stuff, let me tell you something. When it's the, the beginning of March and you have the beginning of spring training and the middle of the hockey season and the middle of the Sixer season and you wake up and it's like, hey, Peyton Manning's going to be a free agent. You're like, yes, yes. It's what we, to talk, this was like when I was in high school and we would argue about stuff, argue about fake trades and argue about would you want this guy or would you want that guy? This is what it's all about. So you wake up today and you see that Peyton Manning is going to be a free agent. Um, this is amazing. So today, um, you heard Peyton crying and Jim Irsay crying because Peyton Manning was leaving the Indianapolis Colts. I think part of Jim Irsay was crying because he paid Peyton Manning $28 million to do nothing last year. Um, so, but I, I imagined it was very sad for him too. Uh, and of course, every city and the usual suspects being the the cities without quarterbacks like Washington like Miami like Denver just kidding no but Denver uh you know those teams that come up every time that you hear that somebody needs a quarterback uh, the jets you know got brought up but Every town, I think every city, to a certain extent, aside from maybe Carolina, is discussing whether they would want, or or Green Bay, whether they would want Peyton Manning. In Philadelphia, we've been discussing today whether we would want Peyton Manning or not. Um, And then, after we started discussing it, everybody started discussing it. Real writers started discussing it. And I expected everybody to write, oh, it's crazy, it'll never happen, forget about it. But... Not so fast. Not everybody said that. Um, most people qualified their positive Peyton Manning spins with they don't think it would happen. But uh, there was a lot of stuff today saying that they thought the Eagles should go after Peyton Manning. Uh, Ray Dittinger and Jeff McLean, of course, both said this. Les Bowen of the uh, the Daily News talked to Andy Reid, and Andy said that they were not going after Peyton Manning, but we know how much that means, right? You know, Kevin Cobb is the starting quarterback on this team. I'm not treating Donovan McNabb. He's my guy, blah, 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 blah. He's not going to tell us anyway. Um, and everybody seems to agree that Peyton Manning is the right thing. And I have to tell you, I think you are absolutely crazy if you're an Eagles fan and you want to get rid of Michael Vick and pick up Peyton Manning. To me, this move reeks of splitting tens when you're playing blackjack. And when you're playing blackjack and you have a good hand, 
like, to, and I, I've been known to split tens occasionally, but you have two tens. The reason that you're not supposed to split tens is because you already have a good hand. And why would you take a chance on two hands that might not work out? You're, you're getting greedy, right? So I think by getting rid of Michael Vick, and trying to get Peyton Manning, you're splitting tens. And what you're doing is, of course, there is the chance that it'll be great. There's the possibility that it'll be great. But there's also the risk that it'll be terrible. And I don't think your risk with Michael Vick, crazy as it sounds right now, is the same kind of you know, risk that you're going to have with Peyton Manning. And that's why I think it's crazy. I think you can get rid of Michael Vick. His contract is big this year. He makes you know eighteen million dollars or whatever it is, but he doesn't make much of anything next year. And as I said before, there are plenty of teams that need a quarterback in the NFL. So it's just a matter of getting rid of Michael Vick and getting him off the cap. You could do that. Um, you also, you know, it's not like you have your quarterback of the future. You don't think with Michael Vick, you have him for two million dollars next year. If he's great this year, you can keep him. Um, but I think everybody, you know, is pretty much wait and see on Michael Vick. Um, Peyton Manning said he didn't want to play in the same division as, as his brother, which if he played for the Eagles, he would be playing in the same division as his brother. I think he's lying there. Um, I think, you know, Peyton Man- what Peyton Manning wants is another chance to prove that he can play quarterback, another chance to prove that he can win a Super Bowl. So if the Eagles provide him the best chance to do that, I think he would seriously think about coming to the Eagles. Good offensive line, good weapons, good running back, good receivers, good tight end. I think Peyton Manning would theoretically come here. Um, but here we go. You're talking about a 36-year-old guy with a neck injury. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a neck or a back injury, but they don't heal real well. (laughs) And especially as you get to, I'm the same age as Peyton Manning. You know, you wake up in the morning and it's creaky. Can you imagine if you've ever had a neck or a back problem being slammed into the turf by a 250 or a 300 pound guy. And I know that hurts with everybody, but with Peyton Manning, it's going to scare me a little bit more. And I know the physical is going to say that he's fine, but the logic tells me. The same thing they told me with Sean Andrews, that a 325 pound guy probably shouldn't play offensive line with lower back problems. The same thing says Peyton Manning says you're taking a big risk. And when you're talking neck surgery and nerve regeneration, I think when you're thinking about Peyton Manning, you're thinking about the idea of Peyton Manning. You're thinking about what Peyton Manning was, not what Peyton Manning will be. And he will be and is is a risk. Our whole problem with the Eagles last year was continuity, was the fact that we did not have the same team one year going into the next, that we got too many free agents. And you're telling me what you want to do with Peyton Manning is not only get a free agent, but you want to get a free agent quarterback that has played in a system that he basically designed his whole career and put him here with different pieces and different coaches and a different system. And I think it's crazy. And I think you're going into this year with the same skill players. You're going into this year with the same receivers, probably. The same tight end, the same offensive line, the same running back, and the same quarterback. And let's take that thing that we didn't have last year and do it this year. Because I know Michael Vick isn't you know, the perfect quarterback for this system, but we've seen him be awesome. And we've seen him be incredible. And things got lost last year. He turned the ball over too much. But I think Michael Vick next year is the move. I don't think it's Peyton Manning. Can you imagine the third game of the year, Peyton Manning gets slammed to the turf and the neck gets crazy and he, the nerves go And that's it. That's it. 
So um, I, I don't. I want to go with what everybody's comfortable with. That's what we're doing for next year. What we're doing for next year is everybody is is on the same page. Everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody is who was here before. That's what I want. I don't want Peyton Manning. And I think if you do, I think you're taking way too big a risk. Like I said, I think you're, I think you're splitting tens. I think you're you're getting greedy. You know, just because you got Cliff Lee. <laughs> and just because you got Hunter Pence, just because you got Namdi Asamoah, um, and I guess how many championships have those guys brought us? <laughs> so, so I think there's something to be said for not being greedy. The teams who should take a risk on Peyton Manning are the teams that don't have a quarterback. The worst case scenario, you have Rex Grossman. You know, you know that's that's what happens. You take a risk because if he gets hurt, then you're still fine. Uh, you take a risk and don't have Michael Vick, I think we're going to be – I think there's a solid chance that, you know, we could be kicking ourselves at some point. So let me know what you think. 888-729-9494. Uh, Brent – oh, no, we're going to play Ch- – Chad. okay, Chad Dukes is coming up next. Um, so Chad Dukes, you might remember from this franchise, you owe us money and you owe us an apology. Because you went out there and you half-assed. Half-assed isn't even uh, the right word for it. Because if you, if you half-ass it, you can still be involved in a game. And you were Get involved off. in that game. Both my parents were teachers, and neither one of them ever made a lot of money. But I tell you what, if they would have gone in on, on their jobs and performed the way that those millionaires performed last night, they would be shown the door. And I, I don't fault you for making money. This is America. You make your money because people have deemed that your occupation deserves that type of money, and they're willing to pay it. But damned if I'm going to sit here and, and allow you to go out there and conduct yourselves that way and act like that's okay on they owe you on national television with your season on the line against a divisional opponent. How dare you conduct yourself that way? All right. <laughs> There was 13 minutes of that two years ago when the Eagles went into Washington, D.C. and destroyed the Washington Redskins and Chad Dukes lost his mind because he cares about his team. Well, now he cares about his team so much he is participating in something called F.U. Philly um, because they have nothing better to do in D.C. We're going to talk to Chad Dukes next. We'll talk to Brendan uh, Dundada. Oh, I've been waiting to talk to him. Uh, Billy... And uh, and you, 888-729-9494, Turner, Manning, Chad Dukes, all coming up. My name is Spike Eskin. This is 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Norwegian Cruise Live Radio Free Up. Oh, yeah! Happen. Live from the Tasty Cake Studios. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm actually excited to get to talk to Chad Dukes. 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 To talk to Chad Dukes.